0: For as long as we have lived, for as long as we have known, love has carried us. You're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Genesis West in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. You can find out more about us at genesiscov.org. Enjoy the teaching. All right, today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. "'Peace be with you,' he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hand and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again he said, "'Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you.' Then he breathed on them and said, "'Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven.' If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, who is nicknamed the twin, was not with, them, with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wounds in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do Many other miraculous signs, in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. The word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Sally. Good morning, Genesis. My name is Becky Patton, and I am a member here at Genesis. I'm I'm kind of excited. This is the first week of Easter Tide. Anybody know what Easter Tide means? Don't don't what Easter time. Anybody else have an idea what Easter Tide means? I didn't know until I looked it up. So no takers. Okay. It just means celebrating Easter, the time between Easter and Resurrection. So it's the ascension, I mean I'm between Resurrection and the Ascension. So that's basically what Eastertide is, is it's meant to be a time of celebration. So why in the world do we have this passage in here where we normally have this guy named Thomas, and what do we label Thomas as? Say it again. Did anybody see the word doubt in there? In that passage? Oh, you didn't see it. Never mind, because we don't have a screen. Did anybody hear the word doubt in, that was read? No, it wasn't. We've actually put the word there because of the passage where it says, blessed are those who have seen and believe, or have not seen and yet believe, right? And so what we label Thomas as is a doubter. Well, I'm just going to, there's a, There's. I. we're going to unpack that just a little bit today. And where we're going to start with is the first, the Sunday after Jesus' crucifix, crucifixion, he appears in a locked room, and he appears to the disciples that are there. Minus, we know Judas is now dead, and we know that Thomas isn't there because the passage told us that, right? So we have how many disciples that are there? We have 10 disciples that have showed up, right? Those 10 disciples, after this happened, decided to move towards What? What did they move towards? Each other? Is that a question or? Yes, (laughs) thank you so much. Well, I appreciate that. They moved towards their community. It, I mean, it appears that they did. They moved, and they got behind this locked door, and they chose to stay huddled together. And they, did they notice that Thomas wasn't with them, or did they? I mean, I just am curious. I, I'm really curious. I don't know, but that, those 10 huddled together. Have you ever had suffering happen, and you move towards someone? You move towards the people you know. You find comfort with other people. You move towards those that you're most alike. Because I've got something to share with you. Have you ever done that? I'm curious, and I'm just by a show of hands, has anybody this week experienced suffering? Can I put both hands up? Anybody experienced suffering this week? And what did you do? Did you move towards people or did you move away? See, I am Thomas. Oftentimes, I am Thomas. I will move away. And part of why I move away is because I've been wounded at times by the very people that I trust the most. Has that ever happened to anybody? And when we get wounded, what do we try and do? We're trying to protect ourselves, right? So Thomas, and I'm going to call him Sweet Thomas, you can disagree with me if you want. But when they say, his, all his friends come to him, and can you imagine all these friends coming to you and saying, we've seen the Lord, we've seen him. And he replied, I won't believe it unless I see those. No, not if I don't see those. I have to put my finger in those. Nope, I have to put my hand into that side before I will ever believe. And what I hear in that man is I hear my own voice. I hear my own voice because it's like, it's okay to have a belief in something, but what does it mean to have an experience with someone? I can hear Thomas's bravado because I hear his wounded heart, because everything that he wanted Jesus to be, his rescuer... He wanted Jesus to topple this system. He wanted Jesus to take and remove all of the suffering that he himself was experiencing. And he was disappointed. I think he was sad. This week in our community, and I've asked permission to share this, some of you know Danica and Matt Peterson and their little girl underwent brain surgery. And the doctors didn't know if they could get the whole tumor out of her brain or not. Now, I asked permission. I thought, what would it be like for us as a community to hold their suffering for just a moment? To be the hands, to feel the wound of I mean, every single one of us in here have been a child at some time, and can you imagine a little child having to submit to that? It breaks my heart, but I believe in a God. It breaks my heart. So how does she experience, how do they as a family experience us standing with them? How do they experience And nothing would be more comforting to them, I think, than to actually experience the love of their community. So we're going to take five minutes. Not five minutes. I didn't mean five minutes, no. I mean, sorry. Um, We're going to take a few moments just to pause. And if you would, join me in just blessing sweet little Sloan. That's her name. So let's pause and hold that suffering Close to our hearts in a way that we can also hold what we believe. So we are holding both her suffering and we're holding that we believe God is good. And collectively, let's say, amen. amen. See, I think one of the hardest things, after you've experienced so, much, so many highs, you've experienced so much goodness, and you've experienced Jesus in those places where Jesus has healed people, and Jesus has made the blind to see, and he's done all this, these things, and suddenly you watch everything take a turn that's a way you hadn't imagined. And when that happens, the question is, what will I truly believe? What's interesting is it's eight days later, Jesus shows up in the room, another locked room. And what he says is, Thomas, come here. Put your finger here and look at my hand. Put your hand into the wound in my side and don't be faithless any longer. Believe. That word, um, one, of, one of the versions, it actually says, put your finger here so you may see with your hand. And I was curious about that. What does it mean to see with your hand? So the literal translation is put your finger so you can see. And it, the core of the word means to um, become acquainted with by experience so that you know from within. And where it says, don't be faithless any longer, the root word of that is, don't be disconnected, but connected and united to me. And so my question was, is, like, Jesus, which means salvation, is saying, will you be united with my wounds it makes me wonder, is that because I want to be united with your wounds? When I asked earlier, has anybody experienced suffering this week, I, um, I really meant it because I think we experience over and over again these places where we experience and encounter suffering and we can either run to places where we go, oh, I've got to be with other people. I need to take this and be with someone in my pain. Or we can separate away, and we can go and be on our own. And what I think is deepest about this is that, honestly, Jesus will pursue you either way. I've done both. I've done both. This week I had a friend who shared with me a loss that she'd had in her life, and with tears weeping, we wept together. And I held the ache of loss in that moment with her. And I held that ache because it was like, I knew, I know there is a God. I know there can be life from this. But in that moment, she needed to experience the suffering, the wound, the sadness, everything that was coming up because that was helping her to be part of what will ultimately come life from this. And then I had this memory came back to me, and I'm going to share it. Um, I had a group of people at my home one day, and my husband and I got news that a dear friend of ours had died. And I remember having this, like, <gasps> moment, and I'm surrounded by all these people, and I begin to weep. And there's this woman, and I'll call her, she was a prayer warrior, what I would call a prayer warrior at the time, and um, she reached out put her hand on me and she began to pray against grief and i don't remember exactly all of her words in her language to be really honest with you but this visceral response came up from my toes and rose up and came out i'm sure a very graceful kind and peaceful manner it came out <laughs> but it said what you don't want me to grieve for my friend and i said that's terrible <laughs> are you kidding me? My grief tells me that I love this person. Grief is not the enemy. Grief is not the pain. And what I needed more than anything was someone to be with me. But I want to say that death, that moment of death, gave me a resurrection moment this week where I got to sit with someone else. Didn't tell them how to feel about their pain. And when I saw those two spectrums of that, it was being able to hold somebody else's pain without needing to define it, without needing to judge it, without needing to, just to be able to hold it. You guys, it's tension-filled. What if there is a way to be able to hold pain with others, that doesn't hold judgment, doesn't hold condemnation, that just holds humanity so that it can create this place of resurrection in all of us. What if Jesus in this moment is truly showing both on that Sunday and then eight days later, because he feels it's really important, but he's showing us what it truly means to be alive and also be wounded. I mean, I don't know if anybody else ever thinks about this, but think about the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Couldn't he have done something about the scars and the wounds? I mean, okay, thank you. I appreciate that chuckle, because I'm like, don't you think he could have taken them away? So what value do you think Jesus puts on our wounds? Say more. Sacred how? They must be sacred somehow. Because your wounds make you who you are. What if we saw one another that our wounds actually make us who we are? Could it give us eyes of compassion when we're looking at one another so we're not looking at one another through who we think we need to be? Or who we think someone else should be. Instead, we look with with love at one another and we see one another's wounds as these sacred places of experience, of story, and we get curious. I did a wedding this weekend and um, I was the pastor, which... Is kind of shocking sometimes in some situations I go into because I'm a woman. For some people, that's hard. And I know that. And there were a few at the wedding that had a hard time that I was a woman. But then I had somebody else come up to me and say, um, after the service, they said, "Um, that's the first time I've ever experienced a wedding. And I was invited to be a part of the experience. Now, I don't think that was because of me. I think that's because they were able to name beforehand their wound to me. And I didn't judge them for it. And then we began to dance. And I mean, we danced hard. This is an older body now and I'm realizing I'm sore still today. But you know what? On that dance floor, I had a moment. Anybody ever hear Michael Jackson? Okay, this may not be super holy, but we were on the dance floor and there was this group of people and we're in this big circle and we're, we're dancing to beat it. And I mean, we are beating the ground like crazy. And there's a line in that song. I mean, I've sung, I know bits and pieces, but the music video, what I remember mostly is there's these two gangs that are coming together and they're ready to kill each other. And they're doing it to try and prove how manly they are. This is what I remember of the video. And Michael Jackson comes in and suddenly they all begin dancing together. And will they beat it and quit judging who's wrong and who's right? Will they beat it? Well, they quit doing that, and I'm on the dance floor, singing at the top of my lungs, dancing my heart out. And all of a sudden, I realize something: there are people in this dance floor. And we're all doing this. Who's, we don't. It doesn't matter who's wrong or right. Four different communities had come together, and we're all on the dance floor. And you could not have added a more diverse community on that dance floor and it was Michael Jackson who was bringing us all together. (laughs) And you guys, there was a moment. um, I'm a sexual abuse survivor. And to be really honest with you, anybody who's uh, survived abuse, what you know is you have an incredibly difficult relationship with your body. And I've had a difficult relationship with my body. I've had a difficult relationship being willing to accept my body as good. And there was a moment on that dance floor that I experienced resurrection. I was dancing. My hands were raised. I was with people. Some I knew, some I didn't. But what I was celebrating was the movement of my body, the engagement of my body, And the goodness of God in that moment, nobody else knew what was going on, but my wounds to what you said are part of the goodness of my story. They are not, they do not win. Resurrection wins. Resurrection wins because resurrection knows it can live with. The wounds, it can still be alive. Richard Rohr says it this way The encounter between doubting Thomas and the risen Jesus is not really a story about believing in the fact of the resurrection, but a story about believing that someone could be wounded and also resurrected at the same time. And I wonder if that's why Jesus chose to come into that locked room not once but twice because just like Jesus's character he'll go after the one even though the 99 are here that's the kind of love i want to be and resurrection has to be a part of who we are here and now or guess what easter tide will just be about celebrating a resurrection one time one time in history Or we get to actually be engaged in recognizing that resurrection is a part of who we are and how we are and how we get to live day in and day out with one another, able to hold the wounds of our story as sacred places we get to meet one another. Genesis, that's the kind of people we can be. But it means we have to be in attention. It means we have to let our wounds we have to get close enough. And it's been those people that have gotten close enough that I said, Becky, can I see that scar in you? Becky, will you let me touch your side? That it's helped me see resurrection. Is it possible that each time we sit with a friend and we hear their story and the struggle that whatever is going on, we're actually participating in resurrection? I think there are resurrection stories all through us just waiting to be shared and seen. But we have to get close enough. And we have to hold the tension of knowing this story's bigger than just us. Jesus did die. Jesus did rise again. But more to show us. Come stick your finger into my wound so you will see more. Don't be disconnected from me. I know fully what it means to be wounded and also live. This, too, is us being fully human and also divine beings that are made in the image of God. Nobody takes that image out of you, regardless of whatever sacred wound you carry. Nobody takes Thank you.